0: Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. Today I have on the show a very good friend of mine. We're talking about his new book called Becoming Supernatural. This book has been years in the making and um, I'm really uh, excited that it's been released. And uh, I've already read most of the book and I'm just so astounded by the, the research and, the, and uh, everything that's been gathered over the last few years. So we're gonna talk a little bit about more about that in a moment. But before I do that, I just wanna remind you that if you are watching this show live on Facebook or if you are uh, watching it on our YouTube channel, don't forget that after the show is over, if you click the link below this video, you can take our 30 second quiz to figure out what's holding you back from success. So please let me introduce my good friend, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Hi, Dr. Joe, how are you?
1: Very <laughs> right, good, Natalie, I'm happy to be with you.
0: I'm very happy to be with you as well because we are talking about a book that, um, that, like I said, it's been years in the making. Uh, Becoming Supernatural it has been the culmination of like, what, four years of measurements and, and uh, event, five years, yeah. Measurements and events and and uh, and and it's just To me, I think it's a very pioneering book um, And I think it's a bit of a, a risk You know you've taken a bit of shown a courage to take a bit of a risk here because from what I can see a lot of the uh, measurements and things that you've been uh, gathering in the book have uh, Probably are going to um, challenge a few people
1: mm. Well look uh, I think that there always has to be a little bit of um uh, new information that is cutting edge and it has to be challenging to some degree because that's the only way that we evolve. And, and I think there's always chaos around truth. It's just the way it is. And and, and and a lot of the measurements that we got, if you look at them in five years in the making with 19 advanced workshops, you've been to all of them, in fact, uh, you understand that um, when people start reaching transcendental states and have a subjective experience, my passion is to measure it objectively, and those measurements are supernatural in a lot of ways, and and you won't see them in conventional understanding. So, it's taking my team and I some time to be able to to uh, disseminate it and process the information to make sense of it. But uh, gosh darn it, it's pretty exciting, and and um, I wrote the book, and it was a risk. But uh, I think the challenge is uh, uh, the risk is worth the challenge, is worth the results. So I'm I'm willing to go for it.
0: Yeah. So tell us how the idea came about to actually, you know, start measuring these things at your live events. And what were you measuring?
1: Well, it's interesting because, well, uh, when we started teaching our progressive workshops, which was just really a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and we started seeing people in wheelchairs all of a sudden that were, you know, bound to them for 10 years, get up and after a meditation and start moving around and they had MS or or lupus, you or know, rheumatoid arthritis, or Hashimoto syndrome, and you start seeing changes taking place in real time during an event, I knew that it was time to start measuring it. And, and I wanted to measure because I think it's important for people uh, to really demystify the process. So the concept was information the transformation. If you give people sound scientific information, and science is the contemporary language of mysticism, it demystifies the mystical, and you combine a little quantum physics with a little neuroscience, with a little neuroendocrinology, with a little mind-body psychoneuroimmunology, a little epigenetics. All of those sciences point the finger at possibility. But it's it's not just important to keep it in that theoretical or philosophical realm. What about the application or the demonstration or the um, uh, the, the, the initiation of that information? And so, so when people begin to understand the information, I think uh, the next step is for them to experience it. And when you have an experience, then not only does it shape the brain neurologically, but it begins to produce very strong chemicals and they're called emotions. And so when we start to feel the emotions of leadership, when we start to feel the emotions of freedom or compassion, now we're teaching our body chemically to understand what our mind is intellectually understood. So I think knowledge is for the mind and experiences for the body. So if we're seeing some type of changes that are taking place in real time, some type of transformation, if I could measure that transformation, now I'd have more information to teach transformation the next time. And if I could measure that transformation, I could gain even more information to teach transformation next time. And you can close the gap between knowledge and experience. And so we've done over 9,000 brain scans, pre and post measurements on our students. Uh, We've measured brains in real time during meditation. We've measured heart rate variability because it requires a coherent brain and a coherent heart to begin to produce effects in your life. And we want to train students to be able to sustain those states, not just for five seconds, but for an extended period of time. We've measured genetic changes. We've measured uh, uh, the the activation or or the upregulation of immune um, proteins that uh, that are powerful um, healing agents and downregulated the genes for cortisol. Uh, we've measured telomeres, we've measured the energy in the room, energy around people's bodies, the energy centers of their bodies, we've measured neurotransmitters, oxytocin, melatonin, serotonin, and it, a lot of those measurements, in fact, turned out to be supernatural. And if you were to ask me, uh, just even three years ago, if I was open to the idea of some of the measurements that we've been getting in the last few years, I would say uh, probably not. And so I think I've been just as as much challenged and shocked by some of the measurements we've gotten and it's caused me to stretch outside my own personal box as well.
0: Yeah well I have been witness to a lot of those measurements that you've been collecting and it and it has been absolutely astounding. Um, and uh, you know, when we're you know at your live events at your, your advanced events, you know, there is there are a lot of meditations happening, um, which we talk a, you talk a lot about in the book, but you, it's not like people are just laying there with their eyes closed, like what's actually happening to participants when they're in these meditations,
1: yeah. And it's pretty interesting now because I, I haven't actually said this in public yet, but we now know that when I say certain words, um, we're so specific now that we can see very uh, like you have. 14 people lined up, are getting a brain scan, and they're in the middle of a meditation. And I say a certain word, and all 14 of them go into gamma brainwave patterns. Uh, that's that, that's important to know. So um, we've been we've been really getting more more specific in, in how to induce certain states and then how to sustain those states. And and you know when you get 750 people together or 1500 people together, and everybody's fired up and everybody's uh, passionate about their own experience and creating their own life. I think it becomes very infectious, and so you will see uh, as the days go on more and more miraculous and supernatural changes taking place.
0: Yeah, because uh, what we are, what you are, have been measuring, is uh, people changing their brainwave state, um, and uh, in during like the meditations. Um, and I know people are getting into theta brainwave and gamma brainwave. So what's happening when they're actually in those brainwave states?
1: Well, let's talk, about, let's talk about it to the application of Mind Movies because there's a chapter of Mind Movies in the book because we use the technology so, so specifically with what we do. And, and when you're in normal thinking awareness and your, most of your attention is on your outer environment, it's on objects and people and bodies and things and places, um, for the most part, your brain has to integrate all that information through your senses and it's a lot of data. So the brain's job is to create meaning or coherence between what's going on in your outer world and what's going on in your inner world. So in beta brainwave patterns, you're analyzing and you're thinking. If you throw a little stress hormones in there and you're a little out of balance or you're a little fearful, a little uh, anxious, a little angry, a little frustrated, a little impatient, a little resentful, a little sad, a little depressed, your brain goes into a very high state of beta and now you're overly analytical and you're analyzing your life within that emotion. And In fact, we've measured that, and it makes your brain worse. As a matter of fact, if the emotion is a record of the past, then you're thinking in the past, and the solution is when you get outside of that emotional state or get beyond yourself. So in that state where you're in beta, you tend to narrow your focus on objects, on things, on people. You're looking at material, the material world, and we define our reality with our senses. When you close your eyes and you begin to relax or you begin to play soft music in the background and change your breathing, less sensory information coming to the brain changes your brain from beta brain waves to alpha brain waves. Now, in alpha, all of a sudden, your inner world starts becoming a little bit more important than your outer world. You can still hear your outer world, but your inner world is where most of your attention is. But we've, sa- we've found that when people focus on nothing, when they go from a narrow focus or a convergent focus to an open focus or a divergent focus, all of a sudden, they produce not only alpha brainwave patterns, but very organized and coherent alpha brainwave patterns. When you're in that high beta state, the brain's very disintegrated. Different neurological networks are competing against those brains that are disintegrated or incoherent. So, we started noticing that we were producing very, very coherent gamma uh, um, alpha brainwave patterns, and then the person lets their body fall asleep, and they keep their mind awake. They fall into theta. and wow, we've had a lot of people move into coherent theta brainwave patterns, and that's kind of that hypnotic state. So if you fall asleep, you move into delta. So, so what we want to do is we want to catch students, first of all, train them with their eyes closed, because it's easier to do with your eyes closed because you're less distracted by your body, your environment, and even time, that we want them to be able to regulate those states and know, know the difference in when they're changing their brainwaves and know when they're coherent and not coherent, so it becomes a skill. So then when they move into Theta, then the whole purpose of meditation is to get beyond the analytical mind, and what separates the conscious mind from the subconscious mind is the analytical mind. So as you slow your brainwaves down, you move into the operating system where those automatic habits and unconscious uh, beliefs and perceptions and emotional reactions and addictions exist. So, so now you can make those changes, but you can't do it in Beta brainwave patterns because you're outside the operating system. So you got to get inside there. So when we do Mind Movies, as an example as one of the as one of the techniques for people to create their future, we like to use a kaleidoscope to induce a certain level of trance. And when you're in trance, you're in alpha and theta brainwave patterns and you're more suggestible to information. And suggestibility is your ability to accept, believe, and surrender to information without analyzing it. So so when a person goes into trance by looking at the kaleidoscope, now they're doing it with their eyes open. And we have some great measurements of people in in theta brainwave patterns and deep alpha brainwave patterns, and they're they're, they're so suggestible to information that uh, you can drive a mind movie right into it, and that's the door's wide open. So when they go from their kaleidoscope to their mind movie, and they start watching their mind movie, now we see their brains go into a very aroused state, into a superconscious state. And the theta brainwaves act as carrier waves to produce really powerful waves called gamma brainwave patterns where the brain is super aroused, but the arousal is not coming from a stressor in their outer world, the arousal is coming from the body raising its energy. And it moves right into the limbic brain and then all of a sudden you see the whole brain go into gamma. And that's when the person is really living the experience and 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 they're wide open. The the brain's recording it, so in fact, they're actually, in a way, remembering their future. And I like that idea because biologically, it's no different. So, So teaching people how to regulate their internal states and be able to create brain coherence and heart coherence increases the efficacy or the outcome of why they're doing it in the first place, and they get more immediate results.
0: Yeah, I know, uh, and you introduce them to a way of, because you don't usually, you don't use the word visualize in your in your workshops, uh, you actually get people to dimensionalize a scene from their mind movie. So what's happening when, when, when you know, when they're doing that?
1: Well, I, I, wa- I want people, first of all, to when they're completely in that suggestible state, I want their subconscious to record their whole mind movie. I want them to watch it so many times with that music that every time the scene changes, they can anticipate the next scene based on how the music is changing. So now they're creating associative memory. So the brain, after a period of time, begins to map it. And so it's important for them to map the scenes. So then the next step then is to become dimensional in the scene. And when I mean dimensional, visualize, you know, a lot of people see things two-dimensionally. But if you were to close your eyes and I ask you to sense those feathers to the right of you, as you begin to sense them, your brain starts to create a three-dimensional image in space, and then if I say sense the one behind you and sense what's in front of you, the act of sensing space begins to t- recruit a lot of different neurological networks in your brain, and if you get enough of those neurological networks beginning to fire, sooner or later, the whole brain produces an IMAX experience, and, and we've, we've, we've measured that during a dimensionalization of a mind movie many times and all of a sudden the person will say, oh no, I was there, I was I was in the scene, I, I was on the back of that Vespa in, in, uh, in the Amalfi Coast, or I could smell the cologne, or I, I, I know this, I know it's going to happen because I experienced it. And so if experience enriches the brain, and it does, and experience produces an emotion, it does, then their brain and body looks like the experience has already occurred. Now, what's the significance of that? They'll tend to think neurologically within the circuits of that new experience, like, hey, my future is coming, and they'll believe it, And they'll tend to feel like it already has happened. So if you feel like your future has already happened, you're less likely to force outcomes, control outcomes, fight for outcomes, manipulate outcomes, because you feel like the emotion has already happened. So most people are waiting for something outside of them to take away the emptiness or the lack or separation inside of them. And then when they feel better, they pay attention to what caused it. And that creates a memory. But what if they're not creating anything and it doesn't happen? They spend their whole life in lack. So the person who's actually experienced the, the quantitative emotion where they were there and it was more real than they could ever imagine. They're not visualizing anything in this moment. They're hmm. getting a download of data. The brain is now turned on. And the the residue of that emotion makes them feel like it has already happened. So they're more present in the moment, they're less doubtful, they're less worried, they're less anxious. And uh, and then when it comes, uh, they always say the same thing. I I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. And knowing is not a bad place to be living from.
0: Yeah, yeah. And from from what I understand, from what you teach, I mean, you're creating new neural networks. So even thoughts are in alignment with this with this reality that they have already sensed. They've already they've already seen. And so when things start to show up in this reality, they recognize straight away that this is the the scene or the future that they were creating
1: this is such an important point because um, uh, this is why I love the mind movie technology because I mean if you're not going to create a mind movie of your future and get very clear on what it is how do you know your new relationship when it shows up you mm. you won't you won't recognize it because you don't have the circuits in place to see it how will you know when it's the right job if it if you can't resonate with the feeling, but if you're feeling lack or fear or worried, you're not going to make that choice because you're going to not trust your intuition. So, so it's important for people to emotionally embrace it. It's important for people to get into it, to experience it, because uh, as they experience more and more of it, the brain only perceives what it's how it's wired. So we don't see things how they are. We see things how we are. So if you're not installing the circuitry to be able to perceive it, you may walk right past it. So. I love that idea because our students now, they see it and they'll say, that is it. That That is it. I know it. I know it. How do you know it? Because I've dreamed it or I know it. I've experienced it. And yeah. gosh darn it, that's a great way to describe reality because that's pattern recognition. So your brain recognizes patterns and those those patterns are, uh, are reflections of neurological circuits. So if you don't know somebody, then you'll walk right past them because you don't know them. But when there's a recognition of a pattern then you you have a memory so we want people to recognize their future as a memory because they've installed the circuits in place
0: yeah you know uh, there, there's a couple of things I love most about this book and uh, the first part is how you start with some actual like a real story some case studies um, and because you know the, we've heard so many incredible stories over the years of people uh, who have you know they've, they've manifested or they've been able to create homes and jewelry and trips and all that kind of thing, Um, but it's the ones that have overcome their own body, that have overcome their own condition, um, that have been able to shift their focus from, from what they are experiencing to something different. Be able to entertain a new future, and then be able to overcome their body. That I think are the most powerful of all the stories. Um, so being able to share those, and especially upfront, because it means that now we've got now none of you do that. Now it's like okay, now I'm going to scientifically explain how that works. And the gift that you have is being able to get these really, uh, you know, complicated concepts um, and be able to explain them in a way that's very easy, not just to understand, to also be able to apply. You know, and and I think the book is uh, for me, it's one of those it's like a manual it's yes this is how it's happening because we have the scientific and logical explanation um, and the evidence to back it up now it's easy for us to apply so I I think
1: I I like that for the person because evidence is what people need nobody needs talking heads anymore Mm
0: -hmm. evidence
1: speaks for itself and when someone stands up and tells the story of of how they had a serious health condition whether it was cancer or chronic pain or or uh, uh, some other genetic disorder that medical science had no solution for. And they tell their story, and it's not glamorous all the time. And they don't look like a movie star or, or a famous person. They're just an average person, and you realize, wow, this person took certain time, a certain amount of time out of their life to begin the process of transformation and change. And you look at them and you think, wow, they're no different than me, and if they can do it, I certainly can and I, I like that idea because then just like an infection spreads amongst a community to create disease I you get 700 or thousand people in the room I think that health and wellness can be as infectious as disease and and that becomes the new norm and that's what we're looking for
0: absolutely well dr. Joe um, thank you for, for joining me today um, I knew that we were going to have a very <laughs> this was going to go very quickly um, but uh, if people want to get you know contact you or get a, their hands on the book where can we send them to do that
1: um, probably the best place to buy the book is just on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Uh, we do sell them on our site. Hay House sells them as well. Um, my website is just uh, com. and so the, the, it's uh, it's uh, pretty much everywhere now.
0: Yeah, and guys, if you if you're watching this online, we will either have the link underneath the video here, or we'll have the banner to the side that you can click on and go straight through to there. So thank you again, Dr. Joe, for your time. Always a pleasure chatting to you. <laughs> Great seeing you. Yeah, great. Uh, So, guys, thanks for joining us. Please share this video. Please get the word out by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons on this page. Um, And make sure you click on that banner to go through and uh, order Dr. Joe's book. It is a life changer. I can't recommend it more highly. So, guys, until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously, and love without limits. All right, guys, we'll see you soon. Bye for now.